104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now... It's time for Ned Talk. It's Sunday. It's noon. That means we're in the studio for another round of Ned Talk, your local live sports talk show. I am Joe Weston. I am the cat wrangler around here. That means I keep everything kind of moving in the right direction. I'm joined joined by the guy that uh, kind of pushes me off direction as as often as he possibly can. And the namesake for our show. Ned Reynolds, how are you, sir? Beautiful day in the Ozarks. Yes, I mean, the sun is out, the temperature's above freezing, which feels like 72 degrees. No kidding. All for it. Bring it on. It's going to be a nice week as we, this is our last show for February. Yeah, February can kiss our asses goodbye, right? (laughs) (laughs) Jake Gillette's with us again. Jake, how are you? Good, good, good. I'm looking forward to this week. I've never seen so much sleet fall from the sky that turns straight to ice. Like, you know, when you're driving, it's easy to drive on when it's falling from the sky, but... Man, after it melted a little bit and then really solidified it, I, I, I'll tell you, we've, we're missing uh, uh, John today because he fell on the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a story. That's the that's, that's <laughs> <a> story. <laughs> Josh Roberts is with us. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fine. Good. I'm fantastic. Let's let's start in the Chiefs Kingdom. That's, that's our place to begin. And let's, uh, I, I've got a roundtable question for you guys, but let's start out with the news. And first of all, two familiar names back in the fold with the Kansas City Chiefs. After a lot of talk, Eric Bieniemy is back on a one-year contract, not a head coach, not going anywhere else. Your thoughts, Ned, on, on that? Well, it's interesting that he has not gotten a bid to be a head coach. He's had, well, this year, I think he had four opportunities somewhere around there. Uh, won very seriously with the Houston Texans, and he hasn't gotten the job. He hasn't gotten any for the last four years in terms of head coaching positions. And that's a little curious because this guy has been the offensive coordinator of a top-flight team. Well, the general consensus seems to be that he hasn't proven himself as a top-notch coordinator. He has had Tyreek Hill, and he's had Travis Kelsey, and he's had other great receivers. But he wouldn't have them in another situation. So maybe there's some hesitancy about hiring him since his experience factor, although he's been with the Chiefs since 2013, his experience factor and acumen might be in question. That is the one thing. But the Chiefs have hired him back. It is a one-year contract. It's not the first time that he's had a one-year contract. He had one in 2020 as well. I think it's a one-year contract because he told him, look, look, I'm interested in exploring higher level positions. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. So we'll hire you for one year, and if it doesn't work out, then whatever the situation is, we could bring you back again. He, they make pretty good money, those assistant coaches. And being a coordinator like that, he's in the, he's in the upper echelon. Uh, I'll throw in a quick note. This is unrelated to it, but a former Bears player is now the running backs coach with the New York Giants, DeAndre Smith, who is one of the greatest players we ever had down here. The running backs coach. We talked to him not too long ago after he got the job, which was last weekend, and he said, this is great. My own office up here, of course, he's been a he's been a running backs and, and quarterback coach at many, many colleges across the country. But he said, this is my first time in the NFL. I have a whole host of key individuals who are going to make this. And uh, my paycheck is pretty good. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you about, you answered my question and your thoughts about what is keeping Eric Bieniemy from becoming 
a head coach in the NFL. And let me ask you this question. I hate to go down the rabbit hole of, of politics and race right away, but do you think race has anything to do with it? Because the guy, the other guy that got brought back to the Chiefs this week was Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. He got a job right away with the Chicago Bears, didn't have near the pedigree that Eric Bieniemy has, but there's a difference in their color. Can't answer that. I don't know. I don't. I can tell you what I wish is the case that it's all based on your your uh, achievements as a coach yeah. and what you have done and what your basic abilities are. But we also live in a different time. I, I honestly don't know. Is there? I, I, you mentioned in the past that he's had a, a, an incident that maybe is keeping him from being a head coach. That's that's that is what I'm told. He had a domestic violence incident, but it's been many, many years ago. And there are individuals involved in any sports who have had circumstances that might be viewed as being antisocial who have gotten jobs. So I don't really think that plays into it. I always think it's kind of convenient sometimes where those will those things will keep you from getting a job and sometimes will not keep you from getting mm-hmm. a job so what about Matt Nagy what do you think about him coming back into the fold with the Chiefs Nagy's a very good coach he didn't I've used this as an example in the past if Patrick Mahomes who's a very good quarterback had gone to any other team he'd just be another quarterback He'd be another good quarterback, but would he be a championship-level quarterback? Probably not. Use the Chicago Bears for an example. They're not a very good football team. Well, Matt Nagy goes in there as the head coach. They do as well as they can. I don't think it's a reflection on him as a coach at all. The guy knows what's going on, and so does Andy Reid. And Andy Reid says, come on back with us. You're, uh, you're more than welcome. It's Hey, you play with the horses that you've got, and that's going to be the final result of anything you do. Your thoughts, Jake, on uh, Biennemi and Nagy? Well, I think as a diehard, you know, at the end of a season, the way that, that it unfolded and we fell flat on our face, you want to kind of tar and feather somebody. And that was going to be Eric Biennemi. He was the guy, as a fan fold, you've got to start pointing fingers, right? And he was the person everybody's pointing their fingers at. And then there was this talk about Matt Nagy coming back. And so we're like, okay, we don't want this guy back. He has failed like I don't want to say miserably, but when you have all the cards, all the aces in your in your deck that you've got, and 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 you fail twice in a row after winning a Super Bowl, and yeah, they went to Super Bowl twice, and yes, there's just been and the way that 2021 was, where the first like seven games were just terrible, and all of a sudden they've flipped it around. It was almost like Andy's like, okay, I'll take this back. You had your tray at this. And then they went on that 10-12 game where they only lost once, which was to the Bengals, and then lost again to the Bengals. So that was our – that's what – as a Chiefs kingdom, we were like, he's out. He's got to be the problem. And then you have all this crap where you're reading about how there's this tift between him and Mahomes. Like, how much truth is there to, yeah. to that, you know? So I'm glad to see Matt Nagy back. It's funny, if you look at the – I call it the pyramid scheme – the, the high sales pitch where you have Andy Reid at the top and how many coaches has been under him and gone out and done all these awesome jobs, the great jobs. I mean, think about all the people, but having him back, it's going to help our team. I think anything's better. I just hope that they focus more on defense this year because there's a lot of acquisitions this year and it's, it's either going to, it's going to be the rough. We don't have an easy schedule. I think a lot of people say we do, but I don't think we do if you look at it 
we don't. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, I think maybe he's tried 15 times. That's my other thing is you've there's something there that is that as of, you know, armchair money morning armchair quarterback guys get like us don't understand. Why have you really interviewed 15 times and never really was in the running? Really? So there's something there. It could be like it's, it's unfortunate if he had something 12, 15, 20 years ago that's coming back out. I'm sick and tired of that stuff on a global scale where something in your past from that many years ago is keeping you from advancing in life. So I'm looking forward to this year. Matt Nagy's going to be a good addition back to our team. And it's going to 2022, I think everybody has a high, 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 higher than normal expectation for this team. Let me ask you a question because you mentioned there about Eric Bieniemy having the crosshairs on him after the season was over. But do you think that he's the guy that is ultimately calling the plays or is it Andy Reid? It's weird because the the camera focuses on Bieniemy. And I don't know if it's because of all the the talk. I don't know I don't know if it's because of how many times he's tried and at the end of the year like around game number 13, 14, 15 it's like all focus on him because that's when the head coach's jobs are starting to be talked about and is this guy going to be so there's a lot of camera, you know, visualization of him calling the shots, but I know Andy ha- is the number 1. Like he he is also calling those. I don't know how. I would love to know the dynamics. If 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 we could find out why Andy's got his, like I call it the Waffle House menu. <laughs> I've always called that because if you look at it, it, nobody could really try to take a screenshot of that and be like, okay, we're gonna know what the Chiefs are gonna do next week. <laughs> but there's a lot of Andy, and, and I don't know if it's deciphered to him. And then he tells like, is that middleman even needed? And is Eric Beamy even the person that we need? And that's why all the question marks and why they were bringing him back if Andy's truly. What's what's really interesting about that, though, Jake, is the fact that while Beanie is the offensive coordinator, Kafka, Coach Kafka, was the quarterback's coach. Mm-hmm. And he has left. He's gone with the uh, the New York Giants now, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. But it, what's interesting is you mean to tell me you've got uh, you've got region coaches, and then you have singular coaches per position. Yeah, boy, I tell you, that's really that is cutting the that's that's cutting the meat into such uh, slivers that really, who do you listen to, and uh, where does your understanding come in? That may, in fact, be part of the problem. Yep. Well, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cooks there. There's that's for sure, and it's interesting to see the dynamic. Ned talks about this a lot when we do the show. Uh, he likes to spell it out for his ego has a huge amount to play in these things. You're listening to Ned Talk. It's your local live sports talk show right here on 104.7 The Cave. Ned Reynolds, Jake Collette. We've not heard much from Josh Roberts, but we will now. Josh, your thoughts on Enemy and Nagy? Uh, I think. <sighs> I think it's time for being a me to go. Uh, and, and I feel like the reason he hasn't gotten a head coaching position is because when they look at his track record, they're like, why Why do you call all these cute plays that don't do anything? <laughs> I don't you know? think that's him. I really don't. Well, and so then to what you were saying a minute ago, I feel like being me calls the play. Uh, Reed decides if it's the play he wants or not. If not, he calls it audible right there. And that's why you see Patrick Mahomes doing this all the time. Like, what's the play? Let's yeah. go. Let's because go. I think those two guys are arguing about what play to, to, to run. And then I think Mahomes audibles a lot, too, and goes into cutesy plays as well. I think that's a problem because when they run the offense that is running game, setting up the play-action pass or the RPOs, they dominate everybody. 
But when they get away from that, that's when they go three and out or they have third and 12 or third and nine, and then they're predictable and they're stoppable. So I feel like that falls on Bienemy and Andy Reid. And I don't – isn't – is Nagy what what position did they bring him back? Quarterback coach. He's the quarterback coach. Okay, well, I, I don't even think. I mean, they don't really do much at game time. They're more like during the practice sessions, getting the quarterbacks ready and developing skills. So, I mean, that seems like a waste to have Nagy doing that if he's that good of a coach. I'll ask you guys all real quick: who called the play? Who let Patrick Mahomes stay on the field at the end of the first half? I am going to go from uh, a, a totally tangible in terms of viewership opinion. I think Mahomes called it. And the reason I do is because of his the scowl on his face when he left the field and his play in the second half. I think he was chastised in the, in the locker room. Don't know this. It's my guess. And he didn't react very well to the chastisement uh, because he is Patrick Mahomes. Again, as you pointed out, I think Ego played a role in that. That's not to say that he purposely played badly, but I just think that subconsciously he was reacting to criticism. I think he's the one. My, the bottom line is I think he's the one who called the play. That's my opinion. Jake, 100% Mahomes. Yep. Josh? I think it was Mahomes. Well, Andy Reid led him, though. That's the, well, yeah. that's where it comes down to. Well, yeah. Is Andy, Andy Reid led him. And Mahomes so, made the call. I think so then you, boom, into you've it. got Andy Reid, the guy at the top. So why does he not have crosshairs on him? That's my my question. I'm not saying get rid of Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a great coach. But I think the cute plays, the conservativeness of the team, and letting Patrick Mahomes stay on the field, that all falls right on Coach Reid. Yep, I agree. I said that last week. It, it, at the end of the day, Coach Reid should have looked at his boy and been like, get off the field. This is what we're doing. Period. End of story. Thank we're going to go up 14. Not yep. What was it? Uh, 11. So, yeah. well, I think it was more than that because it was, uh, what was it? It was, 10, it was 10 to 20. It was 10 to 8. It was 10 to. 20, it was 21 to 10, I think. 21 to 10. Yep. I thought it was 21 to 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because they, yeah, it was 21 to 10 at halftime because they were up 21 to 3. All right. I'm going to ask all you guys to do a little role play right now. Don't get too excited, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be. Okay. You're Brent Veach. You're the you're the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Okay? So what do you do? What's what do you, how do you improve this team? Do you do it through the draft? Do you do it through free agency? Do you do it through trade? Who stays? Who goes? What's your focus? That is exactly what they're doing right now. They're figuring out from a monetary standpoint who can say they already let one guy, Hitchens, go. I'm very positive that Clark will go because this is all part of their salary cap that they have to work in. The general manager, in my opinion, and Jake just pointed this out, is working on defense. And how are they going to do it? You named all three. That's how. The draft, probably the draft is the, the optimal way to do this sort of thing because the drafted players can only make so much money. That's not going to impact your salary cap too much. Free agency is going to impact. Trade is going to impact. But it's also, it's a give and take circumstance. Uh, Veach does have his work cut out for him because this team does need help on defense. Another one who, this is hard to say, but another one who may get get the old guillotine is Tyran Matthew. Mm-hmm. He's in his 30s now. Uh, he's out. the most valuable player. I uh, can get a lot for him probably now. And how much longer does he have? He's had injury problems mm-hmm. too. So we'll, we'll see, but these are just guesses. What do you think, Jake? 
Uh, I think you're 100% right. I think defense is where you focus. Um, we're gonna, they do need to get rid of Frank Clark. There's like $16 million there they can get. And you're right, 100%. These rookies, these new guys, the first two or three years, we're paying them pennies. Mm-hmm. And we can get full, like, everything you want out of these kids. They're 100% eager, hungry to do their thing to show that I'm worth more than that. Um, so I think they can replace Math out. He didn't do anything last year. If you noticed, they're towards the end, probably the last 10 games. I was like, have you noticed there's not been one play that he's been in? Or yeah, been in. You know, I know we love to hang Sorensen. I think he needs to go my, myself. So defense, and then I really do think they need to really hone in on a running back situation. You know, we've got, it's a running back by committee. I think they get a lot for CEH. Maybe they trade him, but that's if on the offensive side, I would focus on the RB. And then, of course, defense would be where I'd put most of my eggs in. Josh, what do you think? I think uh, the good thing about, I think defense is where they need to focus as well. The good thing about drafting defensive players is most of the time they can play full time their rookie season. So you get, immediate result from them but i also think they need to look at free agency and see if there's some solid proven defensive lineman or defensive end that's available that can shore up that defense i mean look at what melvin ingram did for him and (laughs) that guy was a a journeyman player but he helped that defense immensely uh so i think they need to look at free agency but then also get some players drafted for defense and then i agree with everything you said tyron matthew's got to go frank clark's got to go Sorensen's got to go the enemy's got to go. Uh, <laughs> Nagy was a mistake. Oh, you know, my gosh. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about the Major League Baseball lockout situation when we come back. It's Ned Talk. I'm order 4.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. If things were normal, we would probably be talking about spring training games. Maybe starting today, but no. No, we're not. We're not talking about spring training at all. We're just talking about it being delayed because Major League Baseball is in a lockout right now. The owners have locked out the players, and they have been meeting all week. And we'll turn to Mr. Reynolds with the latest information that he has and what's been going on in these lockouts. Well, the first games, the first of the exhibition games, were to have been played yesterday, and that whole week has been scrubbed. And now Major League Baseball has canceled the second week of exhibition baseball, which is the next coming week. So, where do we stand? Well, I think everybody knows by now that MLB, Major League Baseball, has told the players that by late tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening or whenever they quit their negotiations on Monday, if nothing's been solved, then games will start to be canceled in the regular season because their excuse is the players will not have enough time to get get really physically ready for a long grind coming up. The players say, oh, that's rubbish. We can get ready. But the owners are the ones who call the shots. The owners have the gold. They own the teams. They make the rules. And that's the way it's going to be. Do I see a solution coming up? Judging from everything that's been said, no. I don't see how they can come together. But by, by the same token, 
This is a game of give and take. It's a game in which forces know fully well what's at stake. At least uh, you have to think they do. They're not dumb. And the public's reaction to all of this is so negative. The media has been so negative. They have to know fully well that if there's anything that is going to disrupt the season, the public reaction and the public is the jury in this case is going to come crashing down on this sport so hard it may never recover. It's already number three of the four. It's already slipped. Can you afford to have that happen? Here's the way if I were involved in this, this is what I would do. All right, guys, issue-wise, we're still completely divorced from what the argument is. Owners can say, we're going to end the lockout. Lockout is over. You players can go back. Continue. We'll play under the old contract. I don't know the legalities. I must admit, I'm not a lawyer or been involved in labor negotiations. But we'll play under the old contract. But we must have a pledge from you, the players, that you will not go on strike. If that were to happen, I don't think the players, I think they'd make that pledge. I think they want to play. They want their salaries and things like that. And I think that would be the way. Then let the negotiators hammer this out forever and ever, however long it takes. But right now, to disrupt the game, which is what the owners are threatening to do, I think is a death knell. I, I hate to be that negative, but the public can only take so much of this. Look what we have going on. COVID, fortunately, beginning to wind down now. But now you have Russia invading Ukraine, and our lives are affected by all of this. And you're worrying about people who are, <clears throat> excuse me, making three and a half million dollars a year over owners who are making billions of dollars a year. To hell with all of you. Hey, don't want any, anything to do with it. It's a negative. It's a bad deal. I want, I will, let's stop right there for just a second because I want to say this to everybody out there. You look at the uh, president of, the, of <clears throat> Ukraine. You look at Vladimir Klitschko and his brother. They're both taking up arms. Heavyweight champions. Uh, all those people are taking up arms to defend their country. And uh, money and athletics, not that important. Nope. They don't care about that right now. They care about saving their country. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that should be, somebody should turn on a TV in the room for those people and say, look at this. It's you guys awesome. are fighting. No, you guys are fighting. You know, we understand it's $100,000 is where they're, one thing that they're a part on. It's $100,000. It's not your life. It's a hundred thousand dollars. So let's let's get this done. Let's 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 focus on some really important things. And I agree with you, Ned, wholeheartedly. We need the distraction. We need baseball. We need the distraction the distraction of sports and entertainment in the world. And I'm going to give you an example of that. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt in 1941 was faced with that issue. Do we have a major league baseball season? This is you know several months after Pearl Harbor. And Franklin Roosevelt said, yes, we will have a Major League Baseball season. It might involve players who are not Major League caliber, but we're going to have one because it serves as an escape valve, a relief for the pressures that the public is undergoing with conflict of that nature. That is why it's so very important. Do our lives revolve around this? Most of us know. Report on it, sure, and root for your team. But is your life affected by it? Hell no. So why this when your life well, at least your diversion is going to be affected by it is is absolutely sinful in my case. What do you think, Jake? Well, I do think, um, I think 
John, Josh here said earlier that they're probably closer than they're leading on. Um, it's something I think baseball, like you said, is knocked down number three out of the out of the majors, and they need something to give. You know, a negative news for something like that is almost good news because it gives it more publicity. <laughs> it really does. And so I, I don't know if this is all a cat and mouse game where they're all really going to be like, oh, we're just kidding. Let's do this. I think I said a month ago when we brought this up, um, I was part of a union at the fire station when I was there and we did contract negotiations. And it's in our contract that A, we can't strike, number one, and B, that after a certain period of time, there was we still did business as normal, but we could extend it two years until we come to an agreement on some things. And that's what they need to do. They need to be like, hey, guys, um, we didn't make the deadline here. Let's just go ahead and do this thing. But we do have to set a deadline and we still need to work on these things at home when we're not playing on our off days. Like the guys still need to be working on this behind the scenes stuff. But we're still going to give the public because that's what they want. And and that's the like that's the good hearted thing to do, Ned. And what you brought up back in 1941, this is different these days. These are the most egotistical, me, 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 I, I, I people in the world, celebrities and, and, and sports figures, that they don't care about what the American people want. They just want to make the high dollars and drive their big fancy cars and, and, and live a lifestyle. And they're good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we've, we put them on this pedestal. And then next thing you know, it's like, are we not going to do this? I'm not. And then people, I think, are just, like you said, it's going to be a situation where we're like, you know what? Screw it. We're not going to watch this crap anymore. These guys are the most. Why, why sit there? It's like watching Jersey Shore or something on TV. You're just like, these people don't even, are these even real people? And then there's, <laughs> and then there's the, the stuff like you talk about across in Russia and Ukraine. Like there's real people, real problems in the world. And baseball is not a real problem. It no, really isn't. It's not, but let's, let's be clear, too, about one major point on this. There would be spring training going on right now. The players, I believe, would have extended the contract, but the owners locked out the players. Mm-hmm. The owners said, don't come to work. Mm-hmm. And so that puts the players in a position like, okay, all right, then let's sit down and negotiate this. And I, I you know, I've not been in the room, but from what I'm hearing you know, I think the players have tried to negotiate in good faith. They've they've tried to come off some of their high dollar positions, and it's been like they've been saying, "Well, we'll drop ten million, and the owners are like, "Well, we'll drop a million." And you're not getting that that play back and forth. And that goes back to Ned's point that he feels that the the you know the Union wants the Major League Baseball owners want the union broken, which is it is considered to be the strongest union in the United States. I don't think there's any question about it. That is the owner's point. It has been proven before these negotiations even began. That is their ultimate objective. They want not necessarily broken, but they want it weakened. They want the players Mm -hmm. to understand, hey, you guys are making a lot of money, but you're also subservient to us, the owners. They want that psychological block in there to be implemented but still they do have their investment and that's what it is for the owners this is an investment this is not their major source of income i don't know that that's the case with all uh, 30 of them but in many most cases this is a secondary this is a little play toy for them to fool around with they still want a little bit of money uh, forthcoming money is going to be the bottom line hopefully something some Knight rides up in the shining armor and says, it is solved. We're going to play. Yeah, that would be great. 
but I just can't see it happening. Well, Josh, the good news is that Rob Manfred is joining in on the uh, on the talks today. The baseball commissioner. Yeah, he's, he's been there now. Right, he's, yeah, he's coming in. Yeah. Wow. So, what do you think? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> baseball commissioner. Here's my thought. Uh, what you said, Ned, makes perfect sense to me that they say, okay, let's continue with the old contract and then figure this out as time goes on. Why didn't they do that from the beginning? Why did the owners decide they needed to lock out the players to, to try to get this ball rolling? Well, as Mr. Manfred said when he imposed the lockout, this will hasten and, and make uh, an agreement in this contract uh, a much quicker value than it would be otherwise. Well, that is balderdash. No, that backfired, didn't it? It, it? From the very minute he said it. What kind of a fool do you think we are? And then speaking in general terms, the public isn't going to... All it does is force antagonism. Yeah. And that's exactly what has happened. Well, and, and putting your foot down the way that the owners have just puts the players on the defensive from the beginning... And so they're less likely to agree to the terms. I mean, they've, they've created a nightmare scenario for themselves. And the problem is if they don't get it worked out by tomorrow, then they're going to lose a percentage of their fan base. They may, they may end up dropping below the NHL and mm. the fourth oh, let's hope not. team, fourth major sport. Well, they're not on the front page of uh, major of ESPN anymore. You have to you have to hunt out yeah. Major League Baseball. Josh or Jake, I think you had a point. Yeah, why, so why don't this is what I think they should do? So the union gets all every. You're saying it's the strongest union in the United States, and or the world. And then you come together and be like, you know what? We're still going to give the fans what they want. We're going to do this off season, this preseason, play some baseball, and really put the ball back into the court of the owners and say, hey. We're going to do this for a month. We're going to train, spring training. We're going to go, we're going to travel, and they're all going to do it on their own dime. Okay, this is where you show that you have ownership of the problem, and you're going to say, like, no, we're trying to solve this. For the next month, we're still going to do spring training, okay? But we're going to do it on our own dime. The union has to do this. Then on April 1st or the 31st of March, if they can't come to agreement, then there's 100% on the owner's. Which we already know, but it's really going to make that limelight go, okay, we're not really going to focus on these prima donnas that we're going to call and be like, because they're the face of the game, right? Yeah. The players are the face of the game. So now there's like, well, Mike Trout, you're the, one of the nicest guys in the world. Why can't we do this? Or, you know, you're like naming all these people. But at the end of the day, if it is truly the owners, then that would put it right, the all the light on the owners and go, these guys are willing to play. They, they just forked over their own money to play for a month. So why don't let's do this in a, in a way, Jake, that would work. They, they don't get paid during spring training, but they do get per diems. There's okay. there's a little stipend that comes in there to help them out. The owners. And let's the owners point out the that ones, some of those. Per, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ned, but some of those per diems are quite large. Oh, yeah. too. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. But it isn't the same as their salaries and it no. isn't their salary. Mm -hmm. And the owners are the ones who really make a little bit of money from the exhibition games. But again, it is an investment that they have. It is not their major source of income. So they can, they can afford to get away with these things. And as far as taking it right up to the contract, which would go into effect, the player, now the owner's contract with the players has nothing to do with this. That's mm -hmm. all personal. But this is the basic agreement in which the minimums are all set for all sorts of uh, possibilities that might occur. But in terms of the players' salaries, yes, it is. it does affect the younger players because there's a minimum and maximum, actually maximum, uh, that's allowed in this. And that's what they're arguing over. But it, these are not problems that can't be solved. These are situations that involve 
owner's opinions right. and who's in charge here. That's why I say this is an owner's-driven work stoppage here. It is not a player's. When we come back, we'll talk about college basketball on a crazy day yesterday on Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Deborah Knowles, Jake Gillette, Josh Roberts, Joe Weston. On a Sunday afternoon, talking about sports. Already getting some votes for the 2024 election. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for your support. We do appreciate it. Let's talk about basketball, because yesterday was a historic day in college basketball. Explain it to us, Dad. Well, yes, uh, it was in terms of the top teams, All not, not all, can't literally say all of them, but many of the top teams, including number one, got upset. Now, I will, I will clarify that. An upset in the case of Gonzaga is really overstated, because St. Mary's is a very good basketball team. Very good. But... They were number 23, and Gonzaga's number one, so I guess it classifies as an upset, but it's not all that great. Some of the other, KU losing to Baylor. Well, all Baylor is is the defending national champions, folks. These are games that occur at the end of the season. And, guys, we are at the end of the season. The players are fatigued. The coaches are fatigued. They're looking at tournaments that are forthcoming in which they can refresh themselves a little bit. It's not all that huge a surprise. It is in in case of the history, because it's never been this number all in one day going down. But in terms of the teams losing, it has happened individually before at this time of the year. This is a crazy time. some Some of the other teams are beginning to peak right now, too. And others are maybe in kind of a semi relaxation state. But over and above all that, the good ones eventually are going to come to the fore and get into the big tournament where everything is decided. First of all, you have your conference tournaments, and in the case of the Missouri Valley where the Bears play, it'll just be one team, I'm afraid, that goes to the NCAA. But over and above that, it's what these players view as their goals several weeks from now and not immediately. Top six lost yesterday. Hmm? One through six all lost, and a seventh top ten team lost yesterday. So that's what makes it a historic day. So let me ask you this question, Mr. Reynolds. Who's the best team in the nation right now? Well, there it's it's Joe, it's really impossible to say because their their talent level is at a parity. My gosh, the team from Arizona, which also lost. Uh, is certainly capable of winning. Gonzaga is uh, capable of winning. Kansas, Kentucky, these schools all at the proper time of their maturation are all capable of winning that national championship. And who knows? It could be somebody else from down in the lower regions that comes through, like a Loyola of Chicago, which got to the Final Four, or a Wichita State, which got to the Final Four a number of years ago. It's just whoever happens to be hot. I don't think it's fair to classify one team as being the best in the country right now. What do you think, Jake? Would you all just calm the hell down for a second? 
let's get you've now talked now we're talking the sport that I like eat breathe and I live college hoops so all those teams that lost there were seven of top 10 they all lost on the road let's just this nobody lost at home yesterday so it was all road losses number two you're in the depth and the thick of conference play like this is the this is what we lived for when you watch college hoops right now through March this is what you as a college hoops fan this is what you live for this is the greatest time. I'm, I'm going to bring on my inner Dick Vital here. Um, it is the greatest time. The various sports. I cannot wait for March Madness. Um, I do think that Auburn is my choice to win the national championship this uh, year. Ugh, I really Bruce do. Pearl. I think Bruce Pearl. Oh, I, I love that guy. <laughs> Man, he's a good-looking older guy, let me tell you. But um, I do oh. think, uh, and everybody needs to watch out. I think Baylor's going to get their healthy guys. They're, they're starting to look more healthier. That's been Baylor's biggest problem as the, the returning champions this year is they have not been healthy, and you can see it. But they're coming back around. I did put a little money on KU yesterday, and they so that's failed. They failed. <laughs> but, uh, and then I do think Texas Tech is another team mm-hmm. who did lose on the road yesterday. That was the seventh top 10. Um, that's a team to watch, man. They play some massive defense. I'll tell you, it's fun. This is the greatest time for, for college hoops. So th- that's why I say it, it's all road losses, but it was good. It was good yesterday. Going to throw in a little history, and this is long before you guys were born. My first year in the Navy. And we finished up and was waiting to go to um, surgical tech school up at Great Lakes. And here's this little old team, Loyola of Chicago, that had a magic year. And they went on and won the national championship. They lost their final regular season game at Bowling Green. Bowling Green had this throwaway player named Nate Thurman who never did anything at all. <laughs> I'm being facetious. <laughs> and uh, Loyola <laughs> lost that one. It does happen. The Glory Road Team, and I really think Loyola should have gotten credit for this as well, but the Glory Road Team, Texas Western, now UTEP, Texas El Paso, they had a magic year. All of a sudden, they emerge on the scene. They go to Seattle to play their final game against Seattle University. Lost it. Again, as Jake just pointed out, this is the time of the year when something like this happens. Mm -hmm. It's regular season, not tournament play, even in the tournament play. You'll be, or this is conference tournament play. You'll see some surprises. It's just the way things are. What do you think our soccer correspondent, Josh Roberts? Duke is the best team. Oh, please. <laughs> this is the swan song for Coach K, and they're going to win the national championship this year. Well, your conspiracy theory. I don't, I'm not a Duke fan either, but uh, that's the way it's well, going to go. You're off the show now. Our general manager, Brian Tyndall, is a huge Duke fan. Well, so you're out. You're is. out. Get out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Brian. Well, for what it's worth, this week's edition, actually, this month's edition of Sports Illustrated used to be weekly. It's now monthly. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Sashevsky's on the cover, walking off, uh, waving mm-hmm. to the fans and yep. all that sort of thing. Swan and song. You, you made, I think, Joe, you made a, uh, a comment about when's the last time baseball was on the cover. Did you say that? about? I don't know. Maybe. I think you did cover. Well, Sports Illustrated is the national periodical, only it's just one month. Soji Otani was on the cover back as the top player in Major League Baseball. I think it was the October issue that they had, October or November. But it wow. doesn't happen very often or hasn't. Are you going to watch Coach K's final game this week against North, North Carolina? Carolina? Duke, North Carolina? Yeah. One of the great story and rivalries in all of college basketball. You bet I will. Do you think the sport's going to miss Coach K? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Hey, Coach Zashevsky is very... 
think the Bears played against him. Drury played against him. Yeah. This is uh, this is one of the most historic figures in the game. You all know who his college coach was. Bob Knight. Robert Montgomery Knight at the U.S. Military <laughs> Academy. The guy is a military veteran. He's a captain in the Army. And he has brought that kind of focus onto a Duke program that I want to say in his first two years or three years there was a loser. They lost more games they won. And then all of a sudden they turned it around. When he That's how long it takes to really implement your philosophy. And I think Soshevsky's work at Duke is very emblematic of how that works. Let me ask you this, Jake, because you're a college basketball guy. Do you see Duke being relevant five years down the road? Because you look at North Carolina, they're not really relevant. They haven't been relevant. They were relevant off and on after Dean Smith. But they've kind of fallen off the map now. Do you see the same thing with Duke? I do. Um, you can't You can't teach that stuff. Look what Bobby Knight brought to Indiana. And then when he left, it just, it, it just shambles. It's it, the Hoosier basketball doesn't even exist anymore. It's sad. It really is. Um, look, after Roy Williams left North Carolina, it just hasn't been the same. And he left for good reason. He was tired of the crap, the portal, the kids going, you know what? I don't like you today. I'm out of here. No. And so, um, yeah, a coach like Krzyzewski, you you're not going to replace that. I've never been a Duke fan. I call him puke, not Duke. <laughs> oh, you're, so, out, you're out too. So that's two man show next week. No, no, no. I, I just said I don't like him. I have a lot of respect for Coach K. I just don't like Duke. As a, if we can get if we can get John off the wow. driveway, it'll be a two man show. <laughs> Unless he has a guy that's been there, like Jeff Capel. I don't know if he's yep, Jeff so. You know, these guys are going to try, but no, you don't replace a coach like that. You really don't. All right. Well, yeah, here's another one, real quickly too. Georgetown. Thompson leaves, and now you have Patrick Ewing. George had Thompson's son in there as a coach. Now they have Patrick Ewing. Look at their record, 6-21. and 21. Not a decent record last year, though, didn't they? Fair. They were fair. They're they were fair. They weren't great. I like Patrick Ewing, though. I, re- I didn't like him as a player, but I root for him now as a coach. We'll be back to wrap up Ned Talk in just a minute. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Beautiful day in front of us, sunny skies, high in the 40s, low tonight, 27. Tomorrow, even better up in the 50s. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. No uh, snow, rain. Well, there's some rain in the forecast, but no freezing rain in the forecast for the week. So let's wrap up the show with our parting shots. You can talk about anything you want to for just a minute. Ned, you get to start. Well, we'll talk about the uh, subject that we had been addressing, and that's Major League Baseball. They all can go to blazes as far as I'm concerned. Give me the college game. Incidentally, folks, and we tried to reiterate this, the minor leagues are not affected by any of this. Not affected. Minor League Baseball will be played. Springfield Cardinals will have their season. Bears, Drury all have their season. Get out and enjoy baseball, but just tell the major leaguers to... Kill the owners. Blank off. Kick dirt. (laughs) All right, Jake, your parting shot. Absolutely go, uh, 
You know, we got NASCAR in full form. And then, of course, you know, college hoops. <laughs> you got to watch college hoops. People, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. It is the greatest time from here to the end of March. All right. What about you, Josh? Soccer? When does, when does college football start again? Oh, September? No, yeah. the spring, <laughs> He's worse than a Patriots girls, fan. The spring girls coming in. You? I did. You're, the, you're worse <laughs> than a Patriots fan. Um, <laughs> my parting shot is uh, I don't have one. You know, you want to talk about soccer? Nah, it's okay. Why not? Because <laughs> nobody wants to hear it. I do. All right. Now, we, got, we got a couple of minutes left. So let me ask you, all of you, real quickly, what do the Chiefs take in the first round of the draft? A defensive tackle. Edge. I say defensive lineman. It could be indoor tackle, unless they get a good free agent before then. I could see them taking a wide receiver. There's six. Yeah. Yeah, There's six that are supposed to go in the first round. I could see them taking a wide receiver. That would help, too. And maybe trading uh, Robinson and Hardiman or both those guys. And I agree with Jake. <laughs> Jake's face just got, he looks like he's about ready to have a heart attack. Yeah. Just, he just turned really, really red all of a sudden. I uh, agree that they should trade Clyde Edwards later. Yep, get rid of him. And who's the starting running back next season? Williams? Williams or uh, McKinnon? Yep. And keep Gore, too? Yeah. You got a great tandem 100%. There. Those great. three guys are just fantastic. Great they they played hungry. They wanted reps. They wanted carries. They, they showed it. I don't think Hilaire cares. I, he's just too small. He he's not hitting the gap. He's not hitting the. He's biased against LSU guys. Well, I see that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing <laughs> to ignore what's going on over here. This or he stares at me. Yeah. No, I do think so much better I, we, off. The here's air. what we miss. We miss the defensive edge rush. The Derek Thomas, Thomas, and the uh, Neils have come in, or the Tom Green. Ollie. Remember, remember the two. Who were the two um, from Pittsburgh? Green. And Harrison, I mean, you yeah. could not oh, yeah. stop those guys. And man, when you can do, when you can hit that edge, oh yeah, and you had some sure. good linebackers, it's going to stop the run or stop a quarterback from running or killed the Chiefs by doing so. Yep, killed us. Problem is with Jarek McKinnon, guys, is that he is not a kid. And this is my running back standard. He's been around since 2014. He's 29 years old. No, he has not gotten a, a great amount of hits because he hadn't played all that much. Yes, he shows terrific athletic ability. But a 29-year-older as your lead running back, it may not work. Talk to Frank Gore. That's He's why I hold my beer. Ancient. Here, hold my beer, sir. I'm going to When you're that old. All material. right. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week. If you're just tuning in and you're thinking, gosh, I missed this riveting conversation, <laughs> you can download it on our website, 1047thecave.com, through the Cave app, or you can get it wherever you download your podcast at. It's called Ned Talk. We'll see you next week. Thanks to Corbin Campbell. Mike the intern, trying to remember all the people I think. Brian Tyndall, Nick Fury. We'll see you guys later.